Hello and welcome to Cocoa Pods, a podcast of the Birth Center for Natural Deliveries Foundation. My name is Dr. Bola Sogadi. I'm the host of this public education podcast. This podcast has a focus towards women's health and with special emphasis towards maternal morbidity, that is women becoming very sick in and around pregnancy, and maternal mortality, that is women dying from pregnancy-related complications. In these past episodes, we have had Dr. Ashwini Gori. Dr. Gori is an endocrinologist from India. She trained in Pennsylvania, and she now practices as an endocrinologist in Macon, Georgia. Also, one of her notable achievements is that she is an Indian classical dancer, having been involved in Bharat Anatyam. She did talk to us in the previous three episodes about this dance type, Anungungurus. And then we moved on to the history of endocrine conditions. We defined endocrinology as that field of medicine that deals with endocrine glands and hormones of the body. We talked about way back then in the 5th and 14th centuries when victors of battles ate their enemies' organs, the brain, the heart, the sex organs and gonads, thinking they did contain important powers And we saw this as an antiquated version of hormone replacement. We went ahead and defined what a hormone is. That is, it's a chemical substance secreted in the bloodstream and acts on distant tissues, usually to regulate things, a sort of chemical messenger. And then we went ahead, going back into history, talked about the men known as castorati. That is, back then, people used to undergo castration, that is, termination of testicular activity before puberty to actually prevent puberty from coming on and preserve the soprano singing voices of young male singers to maintain a pure and forceful voice and to enhance breathing control. Then we delved into endocrine problems. We talked about, for instance, the most common endocrine disorder of adolescent or young women. When a young woman has her periods less than eight times a year, what could this mean medically? And she did explain this to us. We talked about the fact that polycystic ovary can be present in 6 to 15% of reproductive aged women. We talked about some of the manifestations of polycystic ovarian syndrome and how can we differentiate this from normal puberty. And then we moved on to say, in our discussions, what the connection was between the endocrine system and the reproductive system. 
what female organ is part of both the endocrine system and the reproductive systems? We mentioned that we know that a woman's ovaries are located on both sides of her uterus below the opening of the fallopian tubes. In addition to containing the egg cells necessary for reproduction, the ovaries also produce hormones, estrogens, and progestins. And then we talked about how much the endocrine system affects fertility. Dr. Ashwini Gauri explains to us the relationship between the endocrine system and your fertility. She answered questions like, can a woman get pregnant if she has a hormonal imbalance? And we talked during the conversation about the couple that is infertile. We talked about the timeline for evaluation and the treatments that must be considered. We even talked about how the medication clomiphene citrate has become the most widely used medication in the management of inadequate cycles in respect to fertility management. We talked some more about the history of endocrinology. When were the sex hormones discovered? In the late 19th and 20th centuries, we talked about Eugene Stenak discovering the sex hormones through his experiments on rats. We also talked about the fact that when a woman, say with endocrine problems, finally achieves pregnancy, what is the most common endocrine disorder in pregnancy? We went ahead to talk about the fact that this condition occurs in 1 in 12 pregnant women and in as many as 1 in 7 non-Hispanic Blacks. And are endocrine diseases as a whole common in pregnancy? Dr. Ashwini Gori talked to us about the fact that women can have pre-existing endocrine conditions before pregnancy, and if well controlled, they will have little effect on the mother or on the baby. Uncontrolled endocrine conditions in pregnancy, whether poorly controlled preconception or newly diagnosed, are associated with a variety of adverse outcomes for the mother and the baby. Dr. Gori also talked to us about the pituitary gland, which is a gland in the brain whose size increases in normal pregnancy. So what symptom may a pregnant woman with a non-pregnancy-related size increase of this gland manifest? And then we move to talk about the thyroid gland. The normal changes in the thyroid gland in pregnancy. She explained to us why pregnant women need 50% more thyroid hormone. And with a woman having a miscarriage, could that mean that she has untreated thyroid disease? What are some of the things that can happen if pre-existing thyroid disease is not treated? 
and we talked about a condition of the thyroid gland where it seems your own body is attacking your own thyroid gland. She explained this further to us. And in wrapping up about the thyroid gland, we did ask the question, can the baby also develop thyroid disease? Can a baby, a fetus not yet born, develop a goiter, that is an enlargement of the thyroid gland in front of the baby's neck? And then Dr. Gori also talked to us about hyperthyroidism, when the thyroid is hyperactive and it is first diagnosed in pregnancy, the implications of this. And then we also talked about the fact that the thyroid could also be hypoactive. And this is found in just 1% of pregnant women. But many of the common clinical features of low thyroid occur in normal pregnancy. And some of the symptoms of low thyroid gland effects, hypothyroidism, and normal pregnancy could mean the same thing, just feeling tired, lethargy, weight gain, and constipation. How do we make a diagnosis of hypothyroidism in pregnancy? And then we move to talk about diabetes, about a certain type of diabetes that could make labor not progress and increase the rate of what we call uterine atony, that is a flabby womb. She discussed this condition in detail with us. And the common stretch marks of pregnancy. What does it mean when these stretch marks are red or purple striae compared to the normal pale striae seen in normal pregnancy in some women, but not in all women? And are there some genetic conditions in which a developing female girl baby is at risk of looking like a male boy baby when born? Dr. Ashwini Gori, our endocrinologist of today, explained all of that to us. We moved on to talk about hypertension in pregnancy. Hypertension in pregnancy can be common, but there is a condition that could be mistaken for hypertensive disorders of pregnancy. And when unrecognized, this condition can have a mortality rate of up to 50% at the time of labor and during induction of general anesthesia. So we need to be able to know this condition and differentiate it from the common hypertension of pregnancy. And once we recognize this condition, we can treat it because it does have a high mortality rate. As we went on to talk, Dr. Gori talked about the fact that when a woman achieves pregnancy, what is the most common endocrine disorder of pregnancy? She talked to us a lot about that. And then as we closed, she talked about the fact that 346 million people worldwide have diabetes. 
and that diabetes is predicted to become the seventh leading cause of death by the year 2030. And we looked at countries all over the world and we found that countries uh, Nauru, the United Arab Emirates, and Saudi Arabia have the highest prevalence of diabetes. And countries Mongolia, Rwanda, and Iceland have the lowest rates of diabetes. And in the United States, about 25.8 million individuals, that is about 8% of the U.S. population, have diabetes mellitus. And most importantly, we talked about the fact that 18.8 million are diagnosed and another 7 million, 7 whooping million remain undiagnosed with diabetes. We talked about the condition before diabetes, pre-diabetes. That is, this is an important risk factor for developing type 2 diabetes. That is, if you have, if your doctor has told you you have pre-diabetes, then you are at risk for actually progressing to developing diabetes. We talked about being heavy set. Obesity is one of the strongest risk factors for developing type 2 diabetes. And in our previous episodes, we talked about the fact that this is a major and growing public health problem. We have talked that in the United States, obesity in adults 20 years and older is very prevalent. We talked about a condition of metabolic inflexibility in which studies have shown that compared with non-Hispanic white women, non-Hispanic black women who were fed a high-fat diet failed to shift metabolism to increase fat oxidation or decrease carbohydrate metabolism despite increases in their insulin levels. And this metabolic inflexibility may contribute to the higher risk of obesity and insulin resistance in non Hispanic black women. We talked about genetics and how recent reviews have chronicled the ongoing evolution of research on susceptibility genes for type 2 diabetes. So your genetics could also increase your chance of developing diabetes. We talked about the condition of acculturation the process by which immigrants adopt the attitudes, values, customs, beliefs, and behaviors of a new culture. And this can contribute to health behaviors, obesity, and type 2 diabetes in that immigrant population. However, some studies have also linked acculturation with a higher socioeconomic position more access to health care, and more leisure time physical activity, which may have good effects on health outcomes. We talked about health behaviors, physical activity being the most important intervention 
for reducing diabetes risk in all race and ethnic groups. And we also talked about the fact that smoking is a risk factor in itself for developing type 2 diabetes. And we went back to epigenetics. That is the interface of environment and biological factors and early life events. We mentioned the fact that early life conditions, such as conditions before you were born, like prenatal undernutrition and stress, stress of your mother while pregnant, maternal obesity during pregnancy, all of this can modify the developmental biology of the baby that is not yet born, leading to a future increased risk of developing obesity and type 2 diabetes. So we have been able to learn a lot just from talking to Dr. Ashwini Gauri, endocrinologist, attending physician, about how endocrine problems specifically affect women, affect women in the childbearing age, and can affect their unborn children. So we just want to say thank you to Dr. Gori for coming to Cuckoo Pods podcast, a podcast of the Birth Center for Natural Deliveries Foundation. We know that from talking to her, we have learned that changing health behavior you know, being more physically active, stopping smoking, reducing obesity can help with even managing endocrine problems and we can have better outcomes for our pregnant women and even after the pregnancy. I want to thank you so much for coming to Cuckoo Pods Podcast, a podcast of the Birth Center for Natural Deliveries Foundation. My name is Dr. Bola Sugade, and I'm the host of this podcast. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Bye-bye.